Hey, Nick, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Can I get you a glass of milk or something? It's fresh. Th- oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Dude, this is sour. Milk gone sour? That sounds like witchcraft. Guys, the milk is sour because you tried to milk our sea cow. Which is more likely, Ezra, that something called a cow doesn't produce milk, or that there's witchcraft? Uh, I'll be in my trailer. Chris, watch out for witches. Oh, I will! <laughs> oh, oh, no, I will, yeah. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare it's witchcraft. Good evening, meat suits and meat dresses. Welcome back to Read and Weep. We're a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 122. We have now done as many episodes as Jean Clement's age when she died. She was old. Who? She was the oldest person ever. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> she was French. Was she the Frenchest person ever also? No, that's Napoleon. Napoleon. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of things that take way too long, this week we're talking about the Physic Book of Deliverance Board by Catherine Howe. This episode was originally purchased for Jen by Drew as a Christmas present uh, for them to listen to together while they're driving to Maryland to spend Christmas. And that's officially the cutest sponsorship we've received. So, uh, uh, as I mentioned, we are sold out of sponsorable ads for the time being, and we will let you all know when we've received a new shipment. But for the time being, let's all think about how cute Jen and Drew are. Look at your little car. <laughs> in the meantime, the best way to support us if you really wanted to uh, and couldn't in time for the holidays is to make our holiday season joyous by going to audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. If you go there, sign up, you get a free book, uh, you get and you get to keep that book and support of our show, even if you cancel. And you could use it to get uh, this book, for example, and listen along with us, the physics book of Delit Board... They actually need to hear the whole title at some point, Alex. <laughs> Board Book of Deliverance Dane. You piece them together. Anyway, uh, or you could also use it to get Physics for Future Presidents by Richard A. Muller, which is way more oh, fantastic. So good. The book is super, super good. So uh, if you'd like a free book and you'd like to use it for something that has physic in it, uh, I recommend that one highly. Can we please talk about kilowatt hours instead <laughs> of this book? A kilowatt hours, how much it takes to uh, run a house for a one hour. That's right. And a horsepower is running up the stairs really hard. I get tired after the first three stairs, but a horse could do it forever. Yeah, it's just hard to get him into the foyer. But one that I'd never switch Cause there's no nicer witch than you I'm your host, of course. I'm Alex Falcone. I'm a comic from Portland. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And uh, I just want to say, I I know everyone thinks that I'm heartless and I hate everything, so I want to take a a second to recommend that everybody go out and see Being Elmo, the documentary about Kevin Clash, the puppeteer who plays Elmo and who basically created him, because it is terrific, and it is something that I like a lot, and it'll melt your heart and make you cry. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, (laughs) I have a very special panel with me today. First up, he's at Ezra Fox on Twitter. In San Francisco, California. It's Ezra Fox. Happy to be here. Uh, I would like to commend you on not having an underscore in your Twitter handle. Very clever. They are superfluous. I agree. Is that the right word? Yeah, that's one of them. Uh, what's up this week? What have you been doing? Um, 
Let's see. Of note, mm-hmm. I made soup. No. Mm, a little, nice. little bit of a note. Shortly after, <laughs> ate soup. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. I see your game, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us today, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter. No underscores, but also some initialing. And uh, Anyway, in Seattle, Washington, it's Chris Smith. Ahoy hoy. How you doing? Hey, this week, you, you talked a lot on Twitter about the farming game. What is this business? What? The farming game? You don't know the farming game? <laughs> it's like Monopoly, only about Yakima area farming for all of you in Washington State. <laughs> what? It's it's awesome. I, I got my girlfriend hooked on it, and we played it at another friend's house, and he loved it too. He's from Walla Walla. And basically, it's it, instead of buying property, you buy color form acres of things, and you sell them on the market. It's amazing. No, it's sort of like Silence of Catan, if instead of this lovely fertile island, you ended up in central Washington. Yeah, and you went around the board like the calendar year, and three-quarters of the year was harvest of different crops. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Also joining us uh, for the first time in It's Been Way Too Long, he's uh, at Nick Delahanty on Twitter. In Chicago, Illinois, it's Nick Delahanty. Hi, guys. Hi, Internet. How are you surviving? <laughs> How are you surviving the Chicago cold? Are you? Oh man! All right, let me tell you a little something about this. I got a ninja mask. I got one of those full face, uh, like skin tight deals. Oh man, I'm a whole new woman. It is the best. I... In any other city, that's a bank robber face. <laughs> I'm impervious to everything. It is like. Wait, you got it for cold or you got it for mischief? <laughs> You know, sometimes it's just the, the two go hand in hand. Yeah. And no, I got it for the cold. I don't do anything. I just, I just, it allows me to bike more like an asshole because no one can see who I really am. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so now it's time to summarize the book. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the book that we all we all read. The, the book, uh, Chris. I would like you to summarize in the style of, "Oh my God, I'm so bored." Oh, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> Connie Goodwin is this fucking grad student in colonial American history, which is the first part of American history, the boring part. And she's the best grad student ever, and she's at Harvard, and she just attained her PhD candidacy at Harvard. Can we say Harvard more? Ivy League, pedantic, nepotism, professors, tweed. (laughs) Anyway, she's really interested in the Salem witch trials. Apparently, Connie is studying this one lady, Deliverance Dane, who was actually a witch. And so she goes to her grandma's house in the woods, which has no electricity. Unrelatedly, she thinks, but then she finds the name Deliverance Dane. So now she has to hunt it down with a lot of primary sources and libraries, and it would be exciting (laughs) if it were... Anything besides primary sources and libraries. <laughs> in libraries, that's right. But she meets this guy named Sam, and he has a septum ring, so that's kind of cool. She also discovers that maybe the book that she's been chasing might be real, and she just might have a psychic link to the past. She and Sam kiss in the same day that cops stop by because someone vandalizes her house in a Latin. <laughs> that's about as far as I got. Yeah, we're, oh yeah, I should say that we're, this is the first half of the book that we're covering today. This is the first half of the book. So she discovers that there might be this book. Next, next week we'll be we'll be covering uh, hours six through board. <laughs> hours six through there might actually be a book. Oh my God, this should be really yeah. called. It should be called Card Catalog the Book. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. The thing, the part that you're missing is that. For someone who's in grad school, this is the most exciting thing in the world. Like, <laughs> so you're leading me to believe that grad school not 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 a thrilling time. Actually, my grad school was the best time of my life, but oh, okay. um, 
Mine was not a, a profitable institution. Uh, that might be why. Yeah, because studying history, colonial American history, is definitely the road to riches. At Harvard, <laughs> you just get to put that. You get to put that on a piece of paper. That doesn't matter. You just you put that down, and people are like, "Oh yeah, I'll hire you. How's it going? You want to fuck my daughter? <laughs> I know you're a girl, but that's fine with me. I'm super open. Hey, do you want to operate a boom lift? Awesome. <laughs> I do kind of want to operate a boom lift. I kind of want to ah. fuck his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I think Nick had the right over-under on that one. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen her yet, so I don't want to jump to any conclusions. <laughs> but any boom lift in a storm, right? All right, uh, so let's talk about uh, let's try to let's try to muster up some compliments. We like to start and end every show with a compliment. Uh, that's uh, we call it the compliment sandwich. That's what makes us sound like fair and legitimate criticism. Uh, so this week, Nick, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the first compliment. What do you prefer? I'm gonna go first because you motherfuckers are gonna try and steal it. <laughs> right. Oh no! Yeah, you know exactly what it is, Chris. I'm looking at you for this one. Uh-oh. Yep. Yep. Life is short. Get the waffle Damn cone. <laughs> I wish you'd done last because I would have taken that shit. <laughs> oh man, it's the only good part of the book so far. Really yeah, is. She goes yeah. to an ice cream shop in town, and this is how it, this is how droll her life is. Someone's like, "You want cup or cone?" She's like, "Life is short. <laughs> Get the waffle cone." It's not life is short. Rob the place and fuck a guy. It's like <laughs> life is short. Operate a boom. <laughs> <laughs> or at least a scissor jack. That's what I'd do. Damn it, I'm going to scramble and find another compliment. I know, right? I knew it was going to happen. I can go I next. terrified. Yeah, please, I'm going to go last so I can try to think of something. Ezra. I was introduced to uh, a less successful sequel to Dungeons & Dragons. Um, <laughs> there was a, uh, uh, apparently there's a wax museum that adver- advertised, quote, Dungeon and Burning Witch Dioramas, <laughs> which is not quite as fun as Dungeons & Dragons. Dungeons and Dioramas. <laughs> Dioramas and dragons. Dioramas and dragons. I like how you get a bunch of berserkers in there and like, what do I fight? And they're like, just tiny little shoebox scenes. (laughs) All right, Chris, your compliment, Major. So Connie is maybe the nerdiest, mousiest grad student in the bunch. And she goes Mm -hmm. to a bar, a kind of seedy bar in uh, blue collar nowhere, Massachusetts. And she goes... I don't usually like beer, but this is perfect. <laughs> Which is also the Harvard history student equivalent of the Dos Equis, I yeah, don't always drink beer, <laughs> but when I do, I prefer Dos Equis. <laughs> and, and so I kind of liked it. except The least interesting girl in New England. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't usually drink beer because I'm usually in the library. <laughs> But when I do, it's usually alone. So that's that's how boring this book is. My comment is, it made me think of a beer ad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, my major compliment is uh, okay. So here, here's one thing I, I did like actually was so she's doing her her whatever long interview with professors um, for her candidacy interview or whatever, and they. Uh, they're grilling her on all of these aspects of everything that's ever happened in American history, which uh, is relatively easy, I guess. But then uh, one of the professors asks, did you ever consider the option that maybe uh, maybe the Salem witch trials were, were real and they were actually witches? And uh, I like the idea that someone would just say, have you guys never considered that maybe we actually just – our justice system did a really efficient job of weeding out all of the witches? And, you know, good job us. 
I mean, I liked because it, it looked like a curveball, but it was actually a softball curveball. Because <laughs> the answer to have you considered this is just no. Hey, so let's go down to our more uh, our more natural game. This is the the hate game. This is called hate bored. Oh God, I was so bored. Oh, Can I start with first? Esco. Okay, yes. this book was so boring and it was so over-described. Can, can I talk about the first scene that we meet Connie Goodwin, our, our protagonist slash narrator? Do it. Um, so it's, it's during her oral exams for a PhD candidacy. And I, I picked out this, this packet passage just because it was so... Everything has an adjective or everything has a GRE word. Through her anxiety, Connie Goodwin felt a flutter of satisfaction tingle somewhere in her chest. If she had to guess, she would have said the exam was going adequately, but only just. A nervous smile thought to break across her face, but she quickly smothered it under the smooth, neutral expression of detached competence that she knew was more appropriate for a young woman in her position. This expression did not come naturally to her, and the resulting effort rather comically resembled someone who had bitten into a persimmon. <laughs> I've seen oh, them. Good. It's not pretty. You don't want to. <laughs> I mean, a persimmon? It, I got to hate on that because, like, it's not just, like, a persimmon. It's an unripe persimmon. Like, she all of a sudden, she's stingy with words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing personal, Chris, but I got a little bored during that. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, oh, man, this is happening again. I thought I was done for the yeah. day. You, you, know what the, you know what that entire passage was? It was, huh, things are going okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. That's all she had to say. No, but seriously, it was like it's like wild animus. If instead of like someone getting high on acid, they got high in academia. <laughs> that's it. Nick hate. Yeah, I gotta hate. I I don't like that they made uh, our poor narrator and heroine feel bad for thinking that Sam was a handyman when he was clearly doing handyman shit, wearing a handyman outfit. And, you know, it's like, oh, you're just supposed to know that he went to BU, which is barely a college, all right? So let's, let's, <laughs> let's cut her a little slack, all right? She goes to one of the most prestigious universities on the planet. So, oh, she's got to feel bad that he went to BU? Eat it, Sam. Go to a real <laughs> university. That's right. Walks like a handyman, dress like a handyman, hammers like a handyman. That's a handyman. <laughs> <laughs> that is the simple solution. Might be a handyman. Might be a handyman. Chris, what are the other options for hammering other than like a handyman? <laughs> Hammers like a spastic six-year-old with a plastic toy set. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. Not yet a handyman. Not yet right. a handyman. Yeah. <laughs> Hammers and you can't touch this. Oh! <laughs> I like to think that he was wearing hammer pants that whole time. Maybe he was just super drunk like he was hammered. He was hammered, yeah. <laughs> oh. Hammers like a plumber throwing lots of hammers at a boss. Uh, yes. <laughs> maybe he was a hammer brother. Yeah. <laughs> Hammer's like a Norse god. Now we're doing porn. <laughs> <laughs> D- did someone need a thunderbolt repaired? <laughs> Bound chick of back. <laughs> Have you ever considered the possibility that maybe Thor was real and that's why the porn is made about him? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. That's was... going to require a lot of card catalogs to research, Alex. Thanks, <laughs> down. We're going to have to really put our noses to the grindstone. No waffle cones until we figure this out. <laughs> Quick, everyone, to the boring room. 
it really like one of the there's so many different ways that I felt like it was boring me like uh, for a while when she was going through all those card catalogs she was boring me like the Old Testament where it was like deliverance begat faith begat temperance begat union stability begat <laughs> classical <laughs> responsibility what was that what was that last one Alex union stability <laughs> begat uh, <laughs> Keynesian economic theory begat the Charleston. I should say there are a lot of flashbacks to Puritan times. Yeah, we haven't talked about the flashbacks yet. Which is worse, the flashbacks or the flashback music? Mm. Oh. Mm. I mean, I think the real problem is that, like, the flashback music gives you false hope because it's like, oh, good, I'm getting away from this boring part. <laughs> when it's like, oh, no, it's going to be as bad, yeah. if not worse. He's going to cook beans. <laughs> and then he's going to eat beans. Daughter doesn't want to eat the beans. <laughs> Did you guys at least get the history lesson in the fact that all of the whole witch trial was basically just a problem with the girls being, you know, they were threatening, and then uh, everybody was like, whoa, girls are really taking power, we gotta kill them all, and then it was like, <laughs> horrible. Wait, was that like when Demi Moore took a lot of baths? Yeah, like, why would she need so many baths? Yeah. <laughs> What? Talking about the Demi Moore version of the uh, the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, God. Oh. Yeah. I was just yes anding Chris. I don't know. <laughs> I was just, I'm just built that way. I have no, I have no idea yeah. what he was talking about. No, sorry. The Scarlet Letter. Did you not see the 90s version? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's her and Ashton Kutcher, except that yeah. he is got a Nikon camera and he's in that 70s show sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and why is he taking so many baths? <laughs> Excuse. Excuse me for just saying, guys. I got the hiccups. Oh, dude, you, are you alright with that? Yeah, yeah just give me Sorry. a second. I think okay. I think I got rid of him. That's better. That's good because the hiccups really suck, man. I, I I know what that's about. Yeah. Ezra, did you give me hiccups? Was that witchcraft? It was Ezra. <laughs> no, really, it was Ezra, not me. So here's something I hated. Uh, I hated uh, when she was describing her perfect man uh, who just magically appeared in church. She said that he had smooth but calloused hands. <sighs> What's that's, that? That's not really a thing. Now I get to be super self-conscious about my hands because they're only one of those two things at a <laughs> point. Nick, you're someone who's had a menial job before. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nobleman Chris, for coming down. <laughs> Hello, townsperson. What have you noticed? What it is is when, when you work for minimum wage mm-hmm. and you handle filthy paper money, um, <laughs> the ink from the, the paper rubs off on your hands, and it's acidic, so it sort of wears off your skin. Uh, it takes off the dermal and the subdermal layers. So what happens is anywhere there's not a callus becomes extraordinarily smooth, but the calloused areas actually harden and become exaggerated. So she really is talking about someone who handles small bills most of the day. Now, now you mentioned in there uh, uh, small money, and I just want to uh, small bills, and I just want to clarify for Chris that, that they're not physically smaller, Chris. It's just they make. What? Well, they make bills that are they're they're worth less money. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, for, they use a better quality things. ink on the hundreds, so it doesn't happen to wealthy people. <laughs> Wait, hundreds? Those are my pennies. <laughs> <laughs> I 
thought we were trying to get rid of those hundreds because they were so unuseful. They are. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. these interest rates? Come on. Yeah, so, so yeah, exactly, Chris. So just so you know, uh, like, so picture a $100 bill, right? Yes. Worthless and stupid, right? Like you wipe your sweat off your brow with it if yes. you would ever sweat hypothetically. Of course, I can't, though. They if were you, surgically removed by the French. If you hadn't gotten rid of your pores, yeah. Yes. So what happens is uh, there's something that's worth less than that that poor people fight over just to have something to do. Huh. While they're busy not helping the engine of capitalism along. <laughs> huh. Guys, did I stumble into the Ayn Rand podcast? I, I don't remember. Are we doing Alice Shrugged again? Or <laughs> I'm just ripping on Chris for the way he said. He said, Nick, you've done menial jobs before. Before? I, just I was mean... doing it 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Nick, I, I, I hate to, to call you up on this, but as someone who's been in grad school before, and actually Ezra, too, you've been in grad school. Um, so the author describes the mind of a graduate student much like the interior life of the mind, much like a library. Hmm. where someone has filed individual facts under a given letter in the catalog. Oh, yes. So, uh, you know, like, how (laughs) how do you file complex topics like dessert? Is it under D for dessert or S for sweets or B for chocolate-covered Boston cream pie? Oh, there's only two divisions. There's basically S... And then NS, that's the whole brain is divided into sex and not sex. So not sex <laughs> I, goes into dessert uh, section. And I, Always? I kind of agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chris, keep your food out of my loving. <laughs> Especially fruit. It's bullshit. Well, I, I actually, I have, I have a similar system I have set up, but, but slightly different. Instead of the card catalog, mine is more like... um like a porno magazine that's been stuffed under someone's mattress, and you just check to see if that's what you want or not. And if that's not what you want, I don't have it in there. So when you're doing your qualifying exam, Ezra, the first time they'd ask you a question, you'd first run that through the is this porn filter. And then well, if I you found the answer was no, you would just say, answer not found. <laughs> you get a 404 message. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that's in the Playboy uh, March 1970, 1979 issue, I can tell you, like, uh, turn-ons, uh, toaster strudel, Mark Hamill. <laughs> sure, chips. Was that around yet? <laughs> can I tell a real story about my actual comprehensive exam, which she took and uh, when I actually did it? Uh, yeah. This is an honest story. There's no jokes here. But it's it, it really happened, and this is the only time I'll ever get to talk about this. Um, so... It was. It's over three days, and it's like three hours each day. You have to do these things, and you have to literally answer any question from any of the books that you've read as a grad student. It's ridiculous. And, that sounds really awful. And it just has to be like a five to ten page essay without sources. You just got to answer it, and it's bananas. Um, but the third day, um, when I was studying for my comprehensive exams, I did it. I was doing eight to ten hours a day for like the two or three months leading up to it. And the last day of my comprehensive exams, I couldn't drive myself to school because my eyes had temporarily refocused to only see things six inches in front of me because I've been reading so much. So I couldn't drive to, to the campus. I had to be driven to the campus. And I literally, I saw the word the on the screen and I had no idea what it meant. And I just, I had been going so hard that I blanked out and I was like, I don't know what this word means. I And I just, I, I lost it for all of about 30 seconds. And then I just got it back and finished the stupid essay. But it was the most surreal experience. <laughs> Did you sympathize pretty hard with the, uh, with the initial scene? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, you and me, Connie. Let's study yeah. it up. Let's, well, now like... I feel like her, her account, she underdid it because she didn't, like, LASIK herself with her books. 
<laughs> she didn't study hard enough for this shit. I mean, shit. she only goes to Harvard, so, I mean, <laughs> it's no UNR philosophy department. <laughs> Nick, when you're successfully able to define the again, what did you define it as? Oh. That's a tricky word. Not sex. I... Duh. <laughs> oh, right, the not sex category. Done. <laughs> So Nick had to step out for a minute, you guys, but I brought in another guest, and we have an expert today um, joining us by satellite uplink today. This is Mike. He's a PhD candidate and dissertation fellow at an American university somewhere in these United States. Uh, he's on the job market, so we're going to not ruin this, although we look forward to the day that he is a tenured professor, and then he can come on and embarrass his institution uh, to its fullest extent. Mike, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. When when you do have your your... We're going to have you on as an expert in something really embarrassing. That that would be great. But is, is there is there like a thing in history that like no one can really talk about that's like just the worst? Like there are no experts in like I don't know like ball growth in American history or something like that like ball growth. Like, yeah, ball growth. Like <clears throat> I bet like if people are smaller back then, their balls are probably smaller, and no one wants to talk about how like you know. Uh, no, 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 no. It's have conservation of ball mass. I think it's conservation <laughs> of ball mass. You said there's there's only like a finite amount of balls in the universe, yes. and that like we just have to spread them out through everyone. So as population increases, you see, this is why Mike wouldn't let us use his last name on the show. Do you see how you took two seconds into the interview to do that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you would be surprised what people study. Um, there are people who study uh, father daughter incest in U.S. history. E- everything everything is game. If there was something that was off limits, that sounds like top five right there. Isn't that a pretty short study? It's just like, ick. And then that's the end, that's the end of your <laughs> dissertation, right? Is there anything? You, you, you could. You yeah. could. I mean, I feel like if that was what they were, what you were studying, like people would just long for the days when you were studying ball growth in American history. <laughs> I think people would uh, would wonder why you are studying what you study. Like people always want to know that, right? Like how did how did you get interested in, in whatever it is? And you could have a really uncomfortable conversation about that. I guess if you know, depending well, on what you were. What well, you're I was on. looking at the Boston Tea Party and noticed that the tea bag stains were rather enormous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, actually, that does remind me, though. So do you think it would actually be an advantage then if not just that you were personally interested, but if you had a possible psychic connection to a witch, that that would help you in your history? Or would that make you ostracized like the ball studier? Uh, no, that that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> How how do you think that would help you? Well, I, I I'm not sure how you would cite that though. You know, there's not like a there's not like a footnote <laughs> citation. The, the MLA format for that. Yeah, yeah. Like if you do an interview with somebody, you know, who's still alive, you can you can cite that. But psychic connection, I'm not sure what the yeah, what the convention is. Can that. you cite dead people that you've interviewed? I've never seen it done. But there are very few historians who at least own up to having a psychic connection. <laughs> Right. right. So then, so then you would be interviewed as a secondary source, and that was that would be citable. Uh, maybe, but not credible. Right. There's a different. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm just concerned if there's a if there's a format for citation in the style guide. Well, but I mean, people are going to go to your footnotes first, right? If if they don't believe what you're saying, they're going to go to that to understand, you know, and if you say psychic connection with dead person, I'm not sure how well it's going to go over. Well, what if you type in courier like ghostwriter? <laughs> are there other people out there who are studying the possibility that maybe magic exists? How common is that in American history? 
you're going to find more people doing that probably in European history. Okay. And what they do is they don't really have to say whether they think like ghosts or witches or whatever it is actually existed, but they are increasingly operating under the assumption that if the people at the time thought that it was real, we can't just say, oh, that's not real. We, we have to understand how they would have thought about it. Well, so, so similarly, if you're studying European biology, you assume that unicorns exist in a way that you wouldn't with American biology. Is that true? So, Alex, I, I, if I understand this right, you're just taking the, uh, the prefix European to mean believes in crazy shit. Yes, in this context, that was the way I believed he was using the word. You could study, you could study what people thought about unicorns. <gasps> well, you could study unicorn mythology. But then you're an anthropologist, and that's even weirder. That, that is pretty weird. That's true. Mike, is there like a, a hierarchy of like, like history, like, you know, grad students look down on anthropologists who look down on sociologists who look down on is like, like, is there like a, a pretty? Uh, yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, everyone can look down on everyone else, really. <laughs> oh, but <that's> we're, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's why you choose the discipline that you work in is because you think it's better than the others. But if the real way that this comes up is if you think that there's kind of a turf war. And if you think that, you know, an anthropologist or somebody is trying to be a historian and they're kind of edging in on your territory, then there could be problems. We like, the place that this wait, happens what a lot, kind of problems? <laughs> uh, there can, I mean, you know, nasty exchanges at conferences, pro- probably not physical violence, but, you know, there, there, there can be... Emotional violence? <laughs> yeah, definitely emotional violence. Maybe, yeah. maybe an op-ed in the student newspaper. Sure, sure. And somewhere there's an open house and a cheese platter gets overturned. Bam. Yeah. Or accident. Yeah. Right. Impossible to prove. So is there would it, would it fall under anthropology or history to study why grad students are so bad at love? Uh, if you were studying them now, it would be anthropology. But if you were studying them in the past, you could you could do it as history. If you're studying like. Ones who already committed suicide because they're lonely, would that be history or anthropology? Uh, but see, see there's, there's the gray area. Yeah, that's, that's the ball sack overlap. Can I? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. In fact, I would be willing to offer uh, a large cash prize if you were able to work the ball sack overlap into a paper or lecture where you presented it as a known theorem of history. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll work on that. When, when I'm not working on my novel, I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> This is a Fox's theorem. It states uh, it's about it's well, it's the Balsack overlap theorem, also known as Fox's theorem, about how sometimes uh, historians and anthropologists can talk about the same thing in the gray area. Look it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's on the website we wrote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I really appreciate your help. Do you have any final closing words that you want people to know? Maybe it's misunderstood about the field of history. If anybody is thinking about starting. A graduate program in history, mm-hmm. they probably shouldn't because <laughs> the job market is dismal. And for the amount of education that it requires, you really don't make very much money. So do do something else. That is excellent advice. Do <laughs> something else. Good luck on your on your dissertation and on your your uh, your job hunt after that. And as soon as you've got a secure position, let us know so that we can talk to you more about balls. But use your last name. All right, that sounds great. I feel a little embarrassed, not really embarrassed, a little embarrassed that for the last five years, you've been working on this PhD and you're doing very well and you're a rock star in your field and that 
I have gotten to the point where I call you on the phone on a Saturday morning so we can talk to you about balls. I, I don't see any problem. With that. <laughs> yeah, I, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect anything less from you. <laughs> This ad was required but not approved by Audible. Meanwhile, in the conspiracy room of Read It and Weep headquarters. Nick, Ezra has been acting really weird. Do you mean the manatee milk thing? Yeah, that, and then uh, he has a free audiobook, and I have no idea how he got it. From audiblepodcast.com slash weep. We mention it every week. We have literally spent hours of our lives talking about it. Nick, I think he can hear us. Yeah, of course I can hear you. You moved my cubicle into the conspiracy room. Seriously, it's like someone put a spell on you to make you a suspicious doofus. How very convenient of you to bring up spells. Sounds like witchcraft. This is ridiculous. Chris, can you believe they suspect me of witchcraft? <laughs> I can't believe it! <laughs> Especially since you're not the witch. Wait, what? What? AudiblePodcast.com slash read it and weep. Ezra is clearly a witch. Uh, well, hey, actually, let's do this. So let's do a quick, uh, let's do the prediction game. I like to do this when we have half a, when we've only read half a book. Because I really, like, I haven't read much about it. I had not heard of this book before, obviously, even though it was a, well, it had, obviously, even though it was a, a New York Times bestseller for a little while, um, uh, what's going to happen? Because the back, of, like the thing that I have heard, like the tagline is like a crime lost to time, and so far I've found no crimes committed. Maybe they mean by crime, they just mean the fact that they tried that one woman for witchcraft and then killed her. But we have gotten some indications because she fixed the judge's toe by looking at him that maybe she is actually a witch. Right. Um, so the crime wasn't killing her entire family. <laughs> An oversight lost to time. <laughs> A clerical uh, error lost yeah. to time. So, so what else do you think? Do you do you think there's something else going to happen? Does she really have a psychic connection to the past, or does she just get headaches and daydream? Like this is the thing, right? It's a book about witches in some way. I feel like we were we went to buy a witch book and we accidentally got witch skim instead of witch two percent. Yeah. There's, yeah, you can taste that. You can difference. totally taste it. There's almost no witches. Okay, I, I got this very simply. Any character in the book that we know about is actually a witch. All of them? Every single character. <laughs> They're all witches. How did you know that, Ezra? Is that witchcraft? <laughs> That's a weird. It, it was Ezra. Right? It was Ezra. I'm not. That was Chris. We sound completely different. Not when you're cackling like witches. <laughs> Yeah, is she, are they going to bone? Are they going to do it, guys? Eh? Here's my prediction. Sam is not nearly as hardcore as he protests to be and does <laughs> not have a Prince Albert. That's your pre- You're really going out on a limb there and saying that... Uh, I don't know. The- I usually think Septum Ring, Prince Albert. Really? No. Now, here's what happens. She goes on this journey. It's really depressing. She doesn't discover anything. She goes to the ice cream store, and the girl keeps watching her soap operas and doesn't care. And then when she says she wants a waffle cone, she says, no. No waffle cone for you, Connie. You don't deserve it. And then she goes home. She's dejected, and she just 
she just cries and listens to a lot of lead belly. And then she graduates to an economy that uh, doesn't actually need her. <laughs> She's unemployed for a very long time. That's a real graduate student story. Yeah. That's I right, like so this. The, the job market is not as good as it seemed a few years ago when you started this program. Yeah. That surprise. Well, what a professor led into gold. Oh yeah, her her advisor who's big into alchemy. Yeah, he's gonna go the way of the Hudson Hawk and just bald a little, and then star in Die Hard Four. That's it. Yeah, why? Why was Why was Bruce Willis taking all those baths? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> So, we're going to do the second half of the compliment sandwich. This is the minor compliment, and the last nice thing you have to say about the first half of the board. Welcome to Leverenstein. Going in reverse order, I, I got to go first. So, here's how boring this book is. Uh, I, I, kept, I found myself holding my breath, waiting for an update on where the dog was sitting. <laughs> Wait, where's the dog now? Yeah, like, that's what I, in my head, I'm just like, I wonder what the dog's up to now. Because, like, every three or four paragraphs, she'll just say something like, the dog sat by the door and folded his paws. Uh, Arlo leaned up against a chair. Arlo looked at me and I asked him a question and he didn't answer because he's a fucking dog. Arlo walked into the kitchen. It's like her dog has a Twitter account and I'm following that. Every, like, paragraph you get a little <laughs> yeah, tweet. Every, yeah, yeah. It's, every 25 minutes or something he's like, sniffing my balls now. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag ball sniffing. <laughs> Hashtag still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> eating the dry food now hashtag not as good as ball sniffing but necessary <laughs> that's trending right now actually <laughs> retweeted by Alpha dog food <laughs> alright uh, going backwards Chris yep okay so this one is for wrist dexterity on the part of Sam mm. so there's a certain point at which the book says said Sam gesturing as though doffing a tricorn hat <laughs> And I was like, no, fuck you. All hats are doffed with the same gesture, you ignorant <laughs> slut. But then I was like, wait, no. Because you pick up a different corner and you twirl it in a different way as though it were a tricorn hat. And I was like, you know what? Well played, sir. If he can play to the strengths, and, and, and you know what? If he can play to his lady, who knows the difference between a tricorn and a pirate hat and a top hat and a bowler and all that stuff. Unicorn? And a unicorn, indeed. <laughs> Dude's got game. He does his research. He watches some YouTube videos. I'm in my head running through uh, every hat I can imagine and trying to, like, how do you doff a yarmulke? Uh, that's near the top of your head, right? So yeah, you, yeah. So you'd have to pick it up. And a top hat, you'd pick it up by the brim. But a tricorn, you'd actually have to pick it up by the top side, which is where the where the edge is. Yeah. And then pick it up that way. And it would actually look different than if you were, say, doffing a boulder. You know what I've never seen? I've never seen someone doff a party hat. Mm. Oh, that's because you just pick it up man. and it snaps right back in your yeah. head. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't want to doff that. How do you doff a Lundgren? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, have you seen him recently? He takes a lot of baths. <laughs> I will crush you. <laughs> All right, Ezra, your compliment. I'll have to give uh, how the best of the worst category, like, award here. So we've discussed many times how it's very hard to describe Kiss as well. Mm -hmm. And she does not do this well. But I will not say she did it. The worst, you know, it, it's 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 okay. 
as far as terrible kiss descriptions go. Quote. Yeah, please. His lips met hers in a deep kiss that lasted until the orange curtain of the setting sun had been pulled completely away to reveal the stars glimmering overhead. That's okay. dirty. Well, no. I mean, it sounds like... Mm, and then like 10 minutes later... Mwah. Like, it doesn't yeah. sound like a good kiss. I don't know. I like a little variety in my kiss, like a deep kiss that undulated and had some side-to-side head motion, different amounts of tongue. Like, I'm a variety fan. Alex, it caused the sun to set. (laughs) (laughs) Is that witchcraft? (laughs) All right, Ezra, enough. It's not me. (laughs) We sound nothing alike. All right, Nick. Okay, so my compliment is... uh, is actually pretty wonderful uh, for this book. Um, I was listening to it today. I was laying in bed before work uh, with uh, with my girlfriend, and we st- I started it, and it lulled us into the most pleasant and dreamy sleep. Like it was the most like comfortable and sweetest nap I've had in a long time. So like. Thank you, Catherine Howe, because we are both two wiry, distracted people, and we were just... You didn't have any, you didn't have any nightmares where you were like, ha, 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 what? Is, is magic real? I don't know yet. Oh, I didn't care. It was too boring for that. I was just... <laughs> I, I seriously did have a dream last night where I was like, I wonder if magic is real. Well, I guess I'll never fucking know. <laughs> That's my nightmare. I actually managed to have a dream the other night about another story where I won the lottery and then was stoned to death. <laughs> but oddly enough it was like the uh it was the the publisher's clearinghouse lottery so like they actually showed up at your door with all the balloons and then stoned you to death (laughs) you may have already been stoned to death Awesome. All right. Well, uh, that is it for our show. Thank you so much. We'll be back here again next week with the second half of Bored. Oh, so bored. Physic book of deliverance day. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, of course, uh, the best place to get in touch with us is Facebook, facebook.com slash read it and weep. Nick, does your, does your girlfriend happen to have a cat? She has a, a small old crotchety chihuahua named Peaches. For real? Yeah. Okay. For the record, in the final version of this, I will definitely bleep out Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> and also Alex saying cat. Fair enough. That's right, folks. Check us out on iTunes. Review us. It helps us out a lot. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. We, we do appreciate iTunes reviews. Anything else you can do for us, it's the season of giving, after all. Thank you so much for joining us, Nick. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy, shitty retail holiday schedule. Hey, kids, that's the lesson. If you get a master's degree, you'll still work retail. (laughs) In the fucking cold, in the ninja mask. (laughs) You will be in a ninja mask, though. So, you know, balance. (laughs) Awesome. Anyway, we really appreciate it. Uh, And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, as always, Chris and Ezra. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, We don't sound alike at all. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye, human. Oh, can you do it in, like, four-part harmony, and we'll layer it together? Do you mean on manatee milk thing? Do you mean the manatee milk thing? Do you mean the manatee milk thing? Do you mean the manatee milk thing? <laughs>
Bum, 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 bum. Witchcraft. Manatee, 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 manatee. Do you mean the manatee milk thing? <laughs> <laughs>